What's up, gang? This is the Business Transformation Podcast. I'm Adam Pearson. I'm the owner of IBAS Business Solutions. Today is, I believe it's September 17th, year of our Lord, 2019. It's funny to say year of our Lord because I think that means, um, well, I'm pretty, right. I think it means that every year after Jesus dies is considered the year of our Lord. But it sounds to me like this year in particular is the Lord's year. Like like the Lord, God, made a New Year's resolution. He's like, this is my year. This is it. And then we all go, this is the Lord's year, baby. Year of our Lord, 2019. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that, that makes me laugh. I think it makes me laugh when we think of God doing human stuff, like God making a New Year's resolution. God's like, this is the year, man. I just... I'm finally going to get it back on track, and I'm going to start eating well, and man, I'm going to start checking some of these things off of my bucket list. Year of our Lord, 2019. Anyhow, heading back from the office after a good day, I worked out yesterday, and my body is sore. I haven't worked out in a long time, so I forgot what it was like. My legs, my legs are sore, and my arms are sore, and my abs are sore, and now I have to do it again tomorrow. I forgot about that. Like, you work out that first time, after a long time, and you're like, woo, working out, baby, like checking yourself out in the mirror, thinking that the results might be in from that one workout that you did, and then um, then, then it's, you start to be, next day, day off, you're, you're resting your body, and you think, um, you forgot that it hurts, and then now, tomorrow I'm going to wake up, I know my arms and legs and stuff are still going to be hurting, but I'm going to have to um, do the workout again, so... It's all good. I'm good at making myself do that kind of stuff. So I will I will be working out working out tomorrow. We got all kinds of deals cooking over at IBAS Business Solution. We're signing up a big local brewery. We got a couple of um, deals in the pipeline for for very big business reduction um, offers, and we're starting to build out what we're thinking of as our Uber concept for bookkeeping. By the way. Sorry, before I do that, just want to go back and say at the beginning of this podcast, I said, hello, gang. But the fact of the matter is, is when I look at the stats on this podcast, I have a listening audience of one, and that one person is me. Nobody is listening to this podcast whatsoever. But I remember when I did the One Funnel Away Challenge, they promised me that I just have to keep going for a year, and eventually, you guys are going to start listening to this. And I'm committed to doing that, and also to tracking the progress that we're making on our business so with the new with the new operations manager we have decided on a concept of um an uber concept for bookkeeping where basically anybody in the whole world can become a bookkeeper in the network and then any businesses who want to sign up they will get a local account manager um in their in their city who will be their their contact and then on the back end, basically anybody in the world could um, could do the bookkeeping. So we got a whole bunch of stuff to try to figure out, namely security, and also how do you just teach an old an old retired person who wants to go back to work, who may or may not have worked in the bookkeeping field, to do some part of the accounting process. Should be pretty easy to figure out, um, especially with some of the, the more simple stuff. So I think what we're going to be doing is like, um, coming up with testing, and if you test, you can test into a certain level 
and then based on the levels, we'll assign certain types of work. I'm only sharing our blueprint because I'm pretty certain nobody's going to listen to this um, for a while, and also because we know how to sell bookkeeping. And anybody else who might want to try to duplicate this process, I think we'll have a hard time um, selling the way that we do locally. And we're going to be developing what we're calling a high-touch, high-tech concept. So just because the actual bookkeeping itself is going to be done on a network of, um, of, of stay-at-home people does not mean that we're going to be totally virtual because we're also going to have high-touch we're going to have account managers physically located in, in most of the big areas so that business owners can feel like they got a point of contact, but the work itself is going to be dispersed. Awesome concept. We're really thinking hard about how does one scale bookkeeping. I know that there's there's pretty good bookkeeping online bookkeeping companies that use machine learning and artificial intelligence, but... There's just no way around the fact like this this law firm that we signed up. There's just no way around the fact that there are complexities that require human interaction and human management that computers aren't going to be able to do. For example, lawyers who want to edit their hours and there's sort of intercompany conflict about who the hours belong to and stuff like that. It takes admin, um, but it's expected that a bookkeeper will do it. So we're going to be targeting that heavily. And we got some great, I, I feel like we got some really great, some sound ideas for um, doing data collection that will allow us to manage complex bookkeeping tasks in a way that is highly efficient, that will allow us to dra- just dramatically reduce the amount of human time that is needed, um, but while still allowing everything to run through a human lens. So... We're going to be creating some tools specifically for this law firm um, that will be applicable to many other types of industries that would would suffer greatly if they tried to go with fully off-site bookkeeping. So we got a model that I am quite enthused about on the bookkeeping side. The problem is we're still understaffed. We have no systems built, but we're looking towards the future and we're looking towards building out a scalable model for something complex. So, and also naturally the market is vast because um, every single book, every single company in the world needs needs a bookkeeping solution and small businesses make up half the economy. So that's going to be great. I feel, I feel great about it, but we got to get from here to there and it's going to take some time. It's going to take some money to uh, hire some software designers and I'm fully committed to doing whatever I got to do to get us through to that goal and in the meantime we're going to be selling this other service because money's going to be going out and we got to keep money coming in so um that you know that that's kind of what the strategy is now that we've come upon over the last couple of weeks of thinking deeply on the topic so should be should be awesome um want to go ahead and share a little bit about our um about about the personal life um, kids are doing well, wife is doing great. Uh, one thing that I've been trying to do in my personal life, in the, in the sales training that I'm taking, um, Grant Cardone is saying you got to always be agreeable. In other words, if somebody says something that you don't agree with, you got to try to go, um, you got to just try to accept what they're saying and agree with it. So 
I hadn't noticed this, but I always I always take things down a degree. So in other words, I, I gotta get better at this, man. I've probably been doing this for years with my family and didn't even realize it. So I don't outright disagree, but I always take things down one degree. So for example, uh, my son will come in and say, Poppy, Poppy, I want you to come watch me do this. Um, this dance. And then he'll do a dance and I'll and he'll go, Wasn't that great? And I'll look at him and I'll go, Yeah, that was pretty good. You know, I take it down I take it down one degree. Or my wife will go, Oh, I really thought that that was a great movie. What'd you think about it? I said, Yeah, it was alright. Just kicking it down one degree. So um, I'm finding it really hard to just outright agree because what Grant Cardone is saying is your wife comes to you and she says, Oh, wasn't that movie great? You go, Oh yeah. No, it was it was really, really good. You're right about that. Um, but, you know, maybe next time we could try to check out, instead of romantic comedy, we could see a drama. So you're supposed to agree and then bounce off of it. But I didn't realize the extent to which I never fully agree with anybody about anything. So um, I think I actually do it in sales meetings. But just to get into practicing, I'm trying to, to get much better at it. Another example he gives is if you're telling your kid, hey, it's time to get ready right now. And they go, no, I don't want to get ready because I hate my clothes. And I, I love to play, and I just I don't want to do it yet. And so I just go, hey, you get your butt in there, you put your clothes on right now. You go, I know, I know you hate putting on. You're right, it sucks to put on your clothes. I totally agree with you on that. I, If I was you, I would also want to keep playing and not get ready right now. But you know what, man? How about if we just we put the clothes on now, and then we play later? You kind of bounce off an objection like that. Um, I'm, I'm doing a terrible job. I mean, the challenge is to just agree... One of the challenges in the training is just to agree with everybody on everything for a day. Just practice. Man, I'm failing I'm failing miserably at that. So I, I got to really practice. Hopefully, I will be able to get there. Um, one other thing that happened with our chickens, it's been raining heavy here here in Seattle. And we got to go out and like bring in our chickens every day. We let them out for a couple of hours in the evening, and they roam. And uh, I just I went outside at like 7. It was raining hard. I put on my, my rain jacket. I went out there. I'm just I'm looking around for the chickens. I'm I'm I, I'm I'm loath to admit this, but one thing we do when we're trying to get the chickens to come get back in their coop is we go out there. We start balking. We're just trying to attract them. We just go out there. Buck, 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 buck. So stupid. I'm really scared. One of our neighbors is going to hear us. So I'm out there in the rain and I'm just walking around balking. I'm looking in bushes. Buck, 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 and. Um, you know, cruising around the yard, trying to find the chickens so I can corral them back into the coop. And I looked into all their regular hiding places where they'll hide to, you know, not not have to go back into that into that garbage dump that is their chicken coop. Could not find them anywhere. And uh, went went back in the house, took all my clothes off, talked to the wife, said, "Look, the chickens aren't anywhere. Where could they be?" I looked everywhere, and she said, um, "Did you balk?" I said, "Yeah, I balked. I was walking around balking." I can't find them. Did you look in the bush? Yeah, I looked in the bush. Did you look? Um, did you go over to the neighbor, the creepy neighbor's yard to see if they might be over there hanging around eating trash in his driveway? So yeah, I went to the creepy neighbor's yard. They weren't eating trash in the driveway. I looked everywhere. And then I thought, you know what? Wait a second. I think I might know where they are. So I went back out, and um, they're already in the coop. So there you go. Damn chickens. They never are where you expect them to be. Um, <clears throat> when I want them to be in the coop, I gotta like grab a, a yard rake and chase them around and threaten to hit them in the butt with the yard rake if they if they don't comply and try to corral them seven of them back into the coop. But the one day when I'm 
you know, uh, I'm out there looking all over the place, trying to find them, putting in a great effort. They were in there by themselves. So um, that that's something that happened in my personal life. I hate those chickens, um, but I, I'm sticking with them because we ha- it's a fix. You know, it's a sunk cost that I'm, I don't want to walk away from. I've already spent so much time and energy on these chickens. I just feel like it would be a waste to walk away from them. So that's probably a pretty silly way to think about it, but that's that's mentally where I'm at on the chickens. They're a pain in my butt, but I don't. I'm, I feel like I've already put in too much time to get rid of them. Um, but this thing where the chickens already were where I needed them to be, I'm relating back that back to the sales training because I'm realizing now that one thing I'm I've I've done a good job selling, but this new service I'm trying to sell, I'm gonna have to ask. I'm gonna have to ask for it differently. And um, I'm, it's going to require me to close. I'm going to have to say to them, look, this new service costs 500 bucks. Are you ready to move forward? Do you want to do this thing? And then while they're, after they say yes, I'm, okay, I'm going to have to say, all right, well, hey, I need you to get out your credit card. And I need you to read me them numbers because I got I to gotta key them into the machine here. And um, I haven't had to do it exactly like that because I've been signing a service agreement. And they put in their own their own card. I guess I could try to, to run it along those same lines, but I'm really thinking I'm going to try to just fully close them up and lock them down while I got them on the phone. And that's going to require me to be pretty obvious, look in the obvious place, not beat around the bush, not go clucking around my yard, but rather go look in the first place I should look, which is the chicken coop. This is a really tortured metaphor. I know that I can feel it happening, but I'm going to write it out to the end. So the customer is the chicken, I'm not going to look all over the yard for them. That would be sort of not be not closing them. But rather, I'm going to go look in the most obvious place, which means I'm going to ask them directly if they want to move forward. And that would be the top of the chicken coop where they go in the evening. And that would be me telling the client directly, hey, I need you to sign up. And if they are in the top of the chicken coop, then that would be the same as me taking their credit card over the phone. Success. I don't have to keep balking around in the yard like a dummy. Same thing. I don't have to be a wuss who's scared to ask for the sale. So that's a pretty tortured metaphor. I recognize that. I think it does still work. Um, I, like, I'll give it 65% of it matches up. The other 35% of it really does not work at all. But at least you cannot say that I don't. I don't follow all the way through when it comes to trying to um, tie a real world situation back to a tortured analogy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a quitter on that front. I see it through to the end. All right. So if you could take anything away from this, I would say a take away from the fact, uh, take away from it, the fact that you got to close hard and directly. And the second thing I want you to take away from it is you finish what you start. Even if said thing that you're trying to finish is a really terrible analogy. All right. So with that, I'm going to sign off heading back heading back home to spend some time with my children after what I would say is a very good day. And um, I hope you have a great night too. And I hope that um, you're happy in your life. That's a week sign off. I'll talk to you later. Bye.